Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to episode 66 of Conquering Columbus. Uh, we got a really exciting show lined up for you today with some friends of ours, Corey Gregory, Dustin Myers. And uh, Corey and Dustin are a little different than your typical business owners. They own a gym, old school gym, out in Pataskal, Ohio, one of the uh, toughest gyms, not just in Ohio, but in the country. And they also uh, run a supplement company called Max Effort Muscle. So we think you guys will learn a lot, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get to that interview, though, guys, I want to take a moment and ask you all for a quick favor. Go ahead, pick up that phone of yours you're listening to this on, and uh, check out your podcast app, whether it's iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, uh, whatever you like to listen on. Uh, there will be a subscribe button, and if you click that, it'll make sure that you never miss a single episode of Conquering Columbus. And the last thing we want to do before we start the show is take the time to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with our friends over at AWH. For those of you who haven't heard of AWH, they are a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm. And with over 22 years of experience, AWH collaborates with a variety of clients to drive desired business outcomes through great digital products. To find out more, check out awh.net and let them know Conquering Columbus sent you. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. For more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. All right, Conkers, that's all we got. Let's get this show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. We're excited to be here in Steelwood Athletic Training Center this morning with uh, Corey Gregory and Dustin Myers. And Corey and Dustin are the founders of Old School Gym, a no-nonsense workout facility in Pataskal, Ohio, focused on just working hard. Since founding it in 2003, Old School Gym has become a Midwest mecca, attracting athletes from across the country to get a chance to lift with Dustin and Corey. And they also recently started a new supplement company, Max Effort Muscle, also based here in Columbus. And Dustin also happens to be the strength and conditioning coach for the 2017 Big Ten champion Ohio State wrestling team. Represent, baby. Represent. And, <laughs> and Corey runs a highly successful personal training and fitness website, CoreyGFitness.com. Welcome to the show, guys. What up? Hey, thanks for having us, thanks guys. For having us on. Yeah, we're 
Love having you guys here. Uh, we've been here once before. Actually, twice Allegedly. before. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. And we have no documentation. So. I do on so, my YouTube. Yeah. It's, on Corey's, it's on Corey's YouTube, but uh, unfortunately, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. So, luckily enough... Uh, I, I almost felt like the technical difficulties were kind of payback for all the misery I put you guys through here in the same building when you guys, when you guys were student-athletes here. So. It was. We didn't have batteries in that first time. <laughs> they asked us some really hard questions and wanted to see us squirm, but unfortunately, there's no record of it. So yeah, that was good. So let's kick things off with Max Effort, talk a little bit about what you guys got going on and how that all came together, and uh, sure. we'll bring it up to you today. Yeah, so, you know... I was one of the founders of Muscle Farm, which was a retail brand that did really well. Most people know in this space, um, whether it was MMA or wrestling. Um, you know, once I was kind of done with that, uh, it was good to partner up with some new guys, um, some real trustworthy um, guys, including bringing Dustin in and John Fosco, who's the managing partner. And tra- we got Travis Brown, Clay Guida, who's a huge wrestling guy. And um, Zach Holmes, a new powerlifting kind of phenom. So it's like, it's a direct-to-customer brand. It was built around us as athletes, um, and I, because I had a non-compete from my old business, I really wasn't in a rush. Like I took my time on all the formulation, taste, mixability, like really working on the things I know that would make the difference, not just um, a marketing thing. And it was like it was actually it became fun again. The retail brand got big and a pain in the ass, and there's a big reason why I wanted to leave. I was tired of dealing with the board of directors and a bunch of business side of stuff. I wanted to like return back to the roots of just like, what are we exactly making as me an athlete, as Dustin as an athlete? Like we're all practitioners. What do we need? What do we? Wa- what do I want to make better from the old? You, you learn from you know mistakes and past things, and so Max Ever Muscle was born. A little over a year ago or right around a year ago and it's it's done extremely well and it's direct to customer we sell one place so i don't have to worry about dealing with a costco or gnc or any of that stuff so it's like this is like literally like pure and just wholesome from the practitioner level to the customer a lot of fun marketing funny skits when we do our promos <laughs> like it just it really just feels good and, and it's and it's effective and so like it's all for the right reasons. We're having a fucking blast. And um, I just learned so much from the previous thing that I'll just not make those mistakes again, you know, and then be able to change things that I wanted to change and, and being able to work. Like Dustin worked with, with me a little bit on that, on the last venture, but on this one, he's a major part of the content, major part of like helping put the products together, you know, tasting and just like more of the process. So it's a lot more fun, you know, to involve, you know, us more as partners in this side, not just outside of the gym. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it definitely feels like we got our arms around it and this is our brand and, yeah. you know, us meaning all the owners. And uh, I think something that really sets us apart and that you kind of, kind of touched on is, you know, we are the athletes for the company. When you look at other supplement companies and let's say they have a bodybuilder, a football player, whoever in their ad, and that's great. They have someone to represent their brand, but that's someone they're paying to just kind of stand there and be like the quote unquote cover model for them. Whereas, you know, we are in it, we're in the trenches, we're creating the content. You know, my big thing is, you know, one of my main roles in the company is obviously create content for the wrestling and for the MMA communities. And so, you know, I'm not just saying, hey, take this supplement because it tastes good. And here, look, look, I have abs and that's why you should take it. I'm saying, here are the workouts you need to be successful. Here's the, the mindset that you need. Here are the recipes that you need to learn how to cook. You know, so we're really trying to help, you know, not just tell people, hey, here's a great supplement to help you. But this is the kind of total package, your training, your mindset, your nutrition, everything. We're bringing out stuff that's meeting the need for the customer. Right. That That's effective from a practitioner level. And 
what Dustin didn't mention is like he's like a straight up chef. So like the baking mixes, which is one of our new products. You know, people can make cookies and crepes. Is that how you say? Yeah. It? So actually, like, <laughs> last night I discovered. So the you tell whole, that's not my jam. Yeah, I mean, I've made cupcakes, you know, brownies, coffee cakes, so many good recipes with. It. But last night I discovered the holy grail mm. of the baking mix. So I made cinnamon crepes with fried apples, and it was amazing. <laughs> I made one for my daughter, and she like rolled it up like a burrito and ate it. You know, so. Uh, I can't wait for that recipe to drop. People are gonna love it. I'm just yeah. imagining uh, Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights. Where Someone else said that. I don't get. I don't get the, re- the, the uh, uh, reference. Have you seen where the guy, the French guy, has a face on the billiard table and he goes, "Let's just say I love crepes." Yeah, <laughs> I, to I say. remember that part, but now I have to, I have to check it out on YouTube. <laughs> you guys funny. will have to reenact it for a commercial. Yeah, right. no, exactly. That's a, we'll yeah, we should watch it. That'll make a good promo. Absolutely, sure. And uh, so, one thing I want to talk about a little bit was that the direct consumer model is really big right now you know you've got For folks sure. like harry's and these subscription brands mm-hmm. um have you guys ever thought of doing something like that like a subscription style for sure supplement yeah i mean it's it's available if we want to i think eventually we might head that way it's like here's how i kind of look at it everything's going so well right now i don't i'm not really going to upset the model but i um yeah i could pivot that way very easily if we want and you know i look at like guys like dollar shave club and things of that nature and realize that like the big retail brands are struggling a little bit and they're having a hard time understanding the marketplace a little bit right now. And so they're looking at brands like ours and know that we're not like really truly screwing with them yet, but we're going to be a major pain in their side very shortly. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting from an outside perspective too is like you said, the brand was built very authentically and that's how it feels approaching it. So like delivering content as opposed to delivering products and then providing content on the back end. Mm -hmm. And that comes through, like you said, like you guys, the athletes delivering the products. And then I think another thing is like in this industry, I feel like you get a first impression and then you can lose people off really quickly. So since you guys spent so much time developing that product, it shines through when people are trying it. We just need people to try it. Yeah, when, yeah, by the time people actually try it, they already feel like they know us. Maybe they've been following Corey's oh. workouts already for years or they're a member of his site or mm-hmm. they've been following me since the, the gut check MP workouts or whatever. So they already feel a personal connection to us. You know, and that's, one of the, that's another thing, too. We're not going to let them down. You know, these are our people. So I always just say, like, if we just get it in their stomach, they ain't going nowhere else. And if they do cheat on us and go somewhere else, they're going to come right back when they feel a different experience. So I really believe, like, the experience of being a part of the brand, which is what this is, um, people people want, want to be a part of it because it looks fun because it is. We want to wife them up. Is what yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's what we're, we're doing. And that's why, like, a lot of times when I'm pushing hard on social media saying, like, look, I know you've been watching so it's just time to like pull the trigger and give it a try. Because people, you know, look, a lot of our demos young. For them to spend 100 bucks is a lot. And I get that. So I'm not going to let them down by sending them something they don't like. I know they're going to like it. That's, that's the way that I, I've like viewed. Like I don't rush anything out the door. If it comes through and it's not 100% on taste, it's not going to get approved. Like I've just learned my lesson from doing millions of dollars in business that, you know, I'm not under the gun for anything. If it takes two extra days, no big deal. So we just we just are taking our time. So, so you, you mentioned a hundred dollars. Why don't you elaborate on kind of the stack model, which you yeah. came up with, which I think is really I think a lot of other companies are going to start emulating it. So. I've seen some copycats already. I mean, the big thing was back in the day when I was putting my programs together and had stack models in the old business. Like it only really was on one site, it was just on one of the websites, and it did really well. So my thought was, why don't we just make all the products the same retail, no matter what our cost is will eat this or do that, whatever, figure out to where they can mix and match, however. So if some guy goes, 
well, this month I only need, I need two post-workouts and a fat burner. Boom, it's still 100 bucks plus a free t-shirt. Well, next month I need two proteins and a post-workout. Boom, still 100 bucks with a t-shirt. Or if you need five products, 160 with a free t-shirt. So it's like, no matter what, it, it makes it really easy on us. So if somebody is like, you know what, I have four, four flavors of lemonade. I wanna, I wanna flip it back, I'll pay for the shipping. Can you throw me a fat burner? I just swap them, because it's the same price. So it's like, I try to make it as easy as possible for, for people to just build a stack, and that's the culture. Like our average purchase buy is way higher than everybody else's in the industry because that's that's the culture. So it's like to come and buy one product doesn't make any sense. I mean, you might as well just go all in and spend, and you can pick and choose however you want. So I think like that, I guess like making it that easy to be able to go and, and just do whatever your needs are has so, been so simple from a model standpoint. Yeah, that flexibility's got to be huge. That's the word I was looking for. Hugely different from, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I dig it up. I got this big yeah. vocab. But, yeah. Um, hugely different from what you were looking at in Muscle Farm when you oh, probably yeah. had investors and a lot of debt and pressure coming so in from different. the outside. So when you guys look to scale and kind of and take this and continue to move forward, do you have any worries about kind of straying away from that authenticity and that flexibility? Or I mean, if we stray from it, it's our own fault. No one else's because I'm not bringing – there's no – there's no. There, we are the board. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like – it's a di- it's a whole different model, so I know I'm not worried about that really at all. And then what and is if the people R&D? don't like it? They can fuck off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how I look at it. So, what does the R and D process look like? As you guys are rolling out new products and trying these and sourcing different mm-hmm. ingredients and all that kind of stuff. So, um, the manufacturer that I work with has been awesome. Um, I hadn't worked with them previously because quite frankly, they were on the more expensive side of things. And so usually the bigger brands, which we were before, will not go with somebody like this. Um, that's why I went with them because they're, they do take their extra time. They treated me the same when we were doing our first order as we're doing our orders now, um, as a high priority. I think they knew that obviously like my past and that, you know, it was a good, good chance, I think, but it's one of the things that I went to somebody like that, that wasn't a cookie cutter huge manufacturer that I knew that probably by year two I'd be one of their bigger clients that they might even have to scale up for which they they told me they would they came highly recommended from an super OG in the in the industry that had taken over for Joe Weeder in bodybuilding so it's like they you know I don't know I wanted a clean slate work with somebody brand new that I knew wasn't going to do things in a cheap manner that their R&D that their science team because I had my own science team at MP like now I have to rely on because we're smaller we have to rely on their science team which I feel extremely comfortable with and you know I, I throw them things all the time hey let's try this out let's go through this and so now it's the process has been awesome they've been great yeah and so let's talk a little bit about kind of your social media strategy with this like there's always content coming out of max effort muscle mm-hmm. and constantly you know funny promos and all these different sorts of things so um, how do you guys kind of juggle that while still managing to run the business because you guys are all over it yeah go dude well I think at the end of the day, what people connect to is your personality, you know, so I think that's one of the things people like about the skits and the things that we come out with, they get to see our personality, you know, we're not there trying to pretend to be someone else, you know, and, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, we kind of, we have this group, uh, group chat, the Max Effort Mafia, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all the, all the owners on there, and, you know, every day, you know, maybe the day before G will send out a thing, say, hey, here's going to be our special for tomorrow, we need some skits, we got to really push this, 
And then everyone's videos start popping up on the group chat, and it's like we all try, kind of try to outdo each other. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, Zach Hamill did this today, so now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do a plank with my kids dancing on my back and singing, and like, you know, it's like everyone just tries to think of something different, you know. And uh, it, it's a really cool process to do. And I mean, so much of the content we've been doing for so long anyway, you know, it's just you know whether we're doing you know technique videos or tips or whatever. So now it's just a matter of kind of packaging it, you know, specifically for the customer or audience. And it's, it's really a, an easy transition. So, yeah, what I think I like about it is that, you know, you get this insight into you guys' lives and your families and people feel connected and they feel like, you know, Hey, I know these guys. Right. And that's what makes your brain so contagious is that people are like, Hey, my friends run this. They yeah. may not even know you. And they're like, I know these yeah. guys. They run this thing. It's great. You should need to try it, right? And I think that That's that contagious. Yeah, it's, it's so contagious. It's more true. Well, I'll get a, uh, I'll get like a DM from someone that will ask me, you know, some random question. They'll be like, I know you probably won't see this, and I know you're not going to answer. And it's like ten minutes later, I shoot them back a quick answer, and it took me, you know, five seconds to do it. And then they'll, they're like, Oh my god, I can't believe that you messaged me back. You have a customer for life. It, it just makes you wonder, you know, what do these other brands and athletes, what do they do? Like, all I'm doing is trying to help people. You know, so if you message me and you have a question, of course I want to answer. I'm not even thinking about, hey, I better answer so this guy wants to build a stack. I'm thinking, well, this guy's a workout question. I need to help him, you know, because I coach and that's what I that's do. That's the difference about the main owners being trainers because we started this profession because we care about people. And now it's just we care about more people in the masses. And, and what I realized that I answered, you know, I got popular originally on Twitter I answered so many tweets, I mean, hours and hours of them every day when it was, like, really banging. And actually, I think Trump made it popular again, which, good or bad, that, that was good from a marketing standpoint. It's like, so as I see that activity, and they say the same thing to me, you'll probably never see this. You answer five, ten minutes later, and they freak out. But reality is just, like, I'm just acting like I would if they walked in my gym. It's really no different. It's just they happen to be on Instagram DM or Twitter or whatever. And so one thing I don't answer is Facebook, so don't hit me on there. I'm not, very, I'm not on that very much. But I think it's like her snaps. I answer every snap every day. That's the plan. Like before I go to sleep, I try to answer every one, at least give them a thumbs up or you know answer back whatever they want. And I think like that right there is just being consistent. That's how we'll build a base that will be pretty crazy. And it's, well, it's already happening. I think because of our you know trainer background and mindset, like I almost feel like I'm not doing my job if I don't answer someone's Correct. question. You know, I, I, like, consciously can't ignore someone. Well, I think, like, do you see that person's question and think you're just too good to say something back? And that's the culture of the social media with the big hitters. Now, I understand at some point, because I've been pretty busy at times, like, it's a lot, but it's so worth it because you literally, people, it, it really helps change them, you know, so it's important. Yeah, and you mentioned mm -hmm. walking into your gym. So let's take that transition to start talking a little bit about old school gym. Mm -hmm. And now you guys both founded this gym together, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. So and this would have been back in 2003. So can we talk a little bit about kind of starting the gym and then talking it through today to where how you've gotten all these people to start coming in from all over the place to just to lift at your gym? So I, I walked in the original old school gym. It was called something else back then. It was called, it was called like Amazing, Amazing Fitness. Amazing Fitness, right? And it was, <laughs> this guy wanted to sell it. Um, he owned a car lot. And I was personal training at um, in Reynoldsburg at my studio. And I, I went out to see it. And I walked in, and it was like in this 
it was in this barn by these railroad tracks in Pataskala. That's now like a... It's a dog grooming it's place It's a dog now. grooming place It's called Critter now. Cuts. Yeah. <laughs> but the building was beside like a silo. It was super dirty and like it was awesome. I walked in. They first had person, five members, I think, yeah, right? Maybe five members. First person I called was Dustin. was like, we got to buy this place and call yeah, it something yeah. else. Because <laughs> at the time, I was, I was basically working for you at your training studio. Yeah, he was basically personal training, just finished up a school, or maybe he was even still in. No, you, no you, I, you I graduated like a school. year before yeah, from so the was, Ohio State University. And so I was like, cool. yeah, it's time. Well, and he wasn't really a partner at that point. So I was like, this would be our first kind of venture, like truly together. And now that he was out of college. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's... I mean, we bought a business out. I think it was ten thousand bucks, and and it had five members. That's that's where it kind of started. And that was so that was '03, and we grew the business to where like now that I mean that building was probably two thousand square foot, maybe. Maybe. And we got up to where we maybe had a hundred members, and it felt like we were bursting at the seams. Yeah. And uh, we ended up getting an opportunity through one of my clients, uh, her and her husband. They own a uh, a car lot in um, you know a garage, a garage, so like auto mechanic type place. And they had this big building on their property that they were just using for storage. And I remember Corey kept saying, man, I keep driving past that airplane hangar-looking thing by, by Sam's business. Why don't you ask Kathy if we could rent that? And I just kept thinking, like, no way. They're not going to rent that to us. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like, I kind of got up the balls to ask her. And she was like, you know, we get, we get calls once a week. We've been getting calls, like, once a week since the 80s for people to rent this building off of us. And we always just tell them, no, it's our building we use for storage. She's like, but for you guys, we're going to do it. Well, you had help her lose, like... How many pounds? 80 pounds, yeah. yeah. So it so made I mean, a big her, impact on yeah, her. Which is massive. Yeah. And, and, uh, and she came from, I can't remember if we were doing it together or I was doing it myself. The radio thing we so did. I was, yeah, yeah, we were doing like a, a weight loss thing on the radio for free. So people, we had like 10 people come in, like almost like a Biggest Loser thing. And so we were all over like NCI or one of those, I forget, back in the day. And she came from that. So, so the, like we the lesson, that, yeah, the lesson to be learned there. We were donating our time for like a free radio show. Yeah. I ended up getting a good client that I trained for many, many years. So, mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, that was good. You know, she was just a random listener on the radio, just like you listeners that you conquerors out there. Absolutely. And she ended up coming train with me for years. I made a huge impact on her. She lost a ton of weight, you know, which really you know, helped her life and their family overall. And then it ended up kind of being a segue into where the current old school gym is. She helped us. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we, we couldn't were, afford that building at that time. There's no way. No, and they, they made a deal with us. You know, they said, hey, you guys can have it. You guys got to rehab the building yourselves. Yep. So we spent, you know, probably a little over a year, you know, still running the other gym. Still at the time, both of us are full-time trainers, so we're training clients all day long. I was having my second kid and starting Muscle Farm at the same time. Yeah. There was and a lot going on. There's a lot. And building the gym. Yeah. I mean, so we, all at the same time. And when we say we built the gym, like, no lie, we would, when we would close down the other old school, we would go there and maybe work for three or four hours a night till midnight. Yeah. And then on the weekends, we would go there and literally bang out 18 hour days, yep. you know, running electric, learning how to do plumbing, Drywall. doing the tile, drywall, any, anything, because we couldn't afford to pay uh, contractors except for the stuff we really had to. I and mean, luckily we had a lot of guys at the gym that were blue collar guys that might have no trade or whatever. And, you know, I had my buddy Tim that was a good electrician. He would come over and essentially on a Saturday kind of like quarterback and say, all right, you got to do this, this, and this. And then he'd come back and check in a week later and maybe tie it into the box or do, you know, kind of the hard stuff we couldn't do. But we just had to learn and, you know, that was the only way we could get it done. And to this day, every time I walk in the office, I wired the light switch on the wrong side. <laughs> so when you open the door, the light switch is behind on the left because I didn't realize it, and that pisses me off every day still. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
probably the only it's probably the only <laughs> office in America that has a light switch behind the door. Yeah. Behind the door. Where you <laughs> because, <laughs> so you can't even, I couldn't even front that we yeah. knew we were I mean, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, I was you just don't, on the you job. don't think of those type of things, you know. I, you know, and I think it's that authentic we I keep coming back to that authenticity, but you go like an old school gym, it's you get that authentic feeling. You guys put it together. Yeah. It's your place and it, you did it the old school way by yourself. I think another thing that's cool too is a lot of people don't like everything that you guys have done up to this point, it's been deliver as much value as possible. I don't really have to see where the ROI is going to come in, but I believe it because I know if I'm adding value to others, it's, it's going to come in. And well, play. if you help people, then you, that's how you make money. You know, I, I hate to like reduce things down to making money, but you know, if you just focus on helping others, then you're going to be successful. And I don't care what, what your line of work is. You know, if you focus on making money, you know, eventually the money runs out or, you know, your strategy is not going to be right. But if you're, if your fo- number one focus is always to help other people, then you're going to do well. I mean, just like, you know, me having the, the gig down here working with the Buckeyes. You know, I started out volunteering my time, and I had no idea and no guarantee that it would ever turn into anything. But I drove down here three days a week, you know, taking time away from my family and my other business because I knew I could help the team and I could make an impact. And now for, fast forward, you know, it took a year and a half before they kind of brought me on officially. And, you know, now I got, you know, a Big Ten ring. I got a national championship ring. You know, things that I thought would never even be possible. So quit chasing money and start developing people. That's right. And the sense of community you guys are developing there. It's like everybody, especially if you leave sports in college or, you know, any place in life, you're kind of looking for this this thing to be a part of and people that are like Everybody wants their high school weight room again, man. Yeah. And you guys are building it all over again. They lose track of that. They They don't realize how much they love that. You know what I mean? And that's what we bring back. That's what it feels like. Yeah, what, and when you think about what other places can people go where they can develop a sense of community, it's either like, okay, the neighborhood bar, you know, that's a that's a dead-end road right there, but that's what a lot of people turn to because they don't have anything else. You know, you might develop some camaraderie at work, but you figure a lot of those people, you may not have anything in common with them. You know, whereas if you go to a gym that has a sense of community, you're going to have, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, you're going to have the working out, the training, the grind. That's going to be the common bond. And it's a, it becomes a very strong bond. And it's very familiar, especially for, you know, like you guys being ex-athletes, like you said, you lose that when you leave college. You know, so I think a lot of people come back, you know, to the gym to regain that. Well, I essentially have like a team within the gym too, like the powerlifting slash 4 a.m. crew is like, we're like 25, 30 deep and you ain't got no losers coming in at four in the morning. Like it weeds everybody out. So guys come in and, you know, they just fall off because they're not disciplined. So it takes like a next level of discipline plus the competitive nature of multiple guys and multiple weight classes. And it, it really became more of like what you're talking about the team the competition similar as probably you guys in this room just in a different in a different way you know what I mean and so like for me that that kind of kept as that's got grown over the last year that's even like surged my, me as an athlete to another level because I was tired of, I mean even though I was a little hurt here and there getting beat on a regular basis like legitimately fucking hate it I don't care how much money I made or what's going on no one cares about that stuff inside an old school gym you're in there to compete as a as an athlete, and it's helped keep me young, keep me in the game, keep me competitive, and, and help my coaching, too, because I'm coaching a lot of young dudes that have tons of potential. And I'm on the older side of the group. There's me and one other guy. I'm, I'll am i be 39 um, this month, and then I got another guy that's 47. Other than that, everybody's like 23, 25, you know, and I got, I don't know, 13, 14 guys deadlifting over 500 pounds. I mean, it's 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 awesome. So I really enjoy that part, and it just the um, – the disciplined nature of having 20 plus people get up at like three in the morning is pretty crazy. That's, I really love it. Absolutely. I think so from there, let's start talking a little bit about here in a few weeks, 
you guys are going to Muscle Beach. So for our listeners out there who may not be into the powerlifting scene or the lifting scene at all, uh, what's Muscle Beach and why is it so significant? So, I mean, just on the surface, Muscle Beach is just this little outdoor gym in Venice Beach out there in L.A. that's been there forever. Uh, but it was, you know, from a kind of symbolic standpoint, it was kind of where the birth of, like, the golden era of bodybuilding took place. You know, I, I'm sure everyone's familiar with seeing the pictures of Arnold and Franco Colombo and those guys, you know, training outside and lifting in like their little gym shorts and stuff. And, and that, those were all taken at Muscle Beach. And, you know, so for me, it kind of always had this magical place of like kind of almost like bodybuilding folklore because, you know, growing up, I watched my dad lift weights in my garage. And what my dad, you know, he had kind of learned weightlifting from this old pumping iron book. You know, that was kind of like his base of knowledge. So even as a kid, I remember reading that book and looking at the pictures of Arnold and them training at Venice Beach and just thinking like, you know, that is like the, the epitome of it right there. And, you know, so over the years, I had trained there a couple times when I went to visit friends in L.A. And then, Corey, you had done, like, a big event. I did a big event there when I was, you know, working with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. And, um, yeah, my first time I ever was at Muscle Beach was to launch the Arnold line with the old business. So that was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it was hard to even believe. And then just working out there um, last year, us being there together, it, it does, it has, because, you know, I was fortunate enough when I did marketing with Arnold to go through all the old videos. Like, I'm one of the probably 10 people on the planet that's seen every take of pumping iron i sat in his office for two straight days and just went through it it was unbelievable and it, venice is like any uh, unlike any other place i've been to it's like it's like stuck in a time capsule of hippie hippieville but that's what made it so unique is arnold and those guys what a lot of people don't realize they were they were freaks back then kind of it wasn't fitness wasn't mainstream like they were looked upon as like you know, big weirdos kind of. So it's like, that's why they fit so well in Venice. If you go to Venice, you'll <laughs> notice that there's a bunch of that stuff going on. And so it, it literally doesn't look much different except for what people's clothes, what they're wearing. And that, even that's even coming back now. So it's it's pretty wild. And it, it is symbolic. Like when you go there and train, you just know that the best of the best have been there. So and that's, that's huge. So last year we took a kind of a team trip out there. We took a bunch of guys from the gym, a bunch of our training partners, and we went out there and we're like, all right, we want to, number one, film a bunch of content and really, you know, get some really cool pictures that kind of pay homage to, you know, some of the original Arnold shots and stuff. We, there was a really cool one. I don't know if you saw that Reese put up the other day with him hanging upside down from yeah. the bar. Yeah. You know, kind of mimic that Franco Colombo picture. So we went out just to kind of do that. And then, um, you know, our other, we have a third partner at the gym for like our, our clothing brand and our website and all this stuff that's kind of connected to old school gym our affiliate program is getting ready to launch and her name's Annette Grant and uh, she kind of came up with the idea of like hey you know we should make this a yearly trip and make it kind of like an event where people can come in from all over the country you know you guys have connected with these people whether they're in Idaho or New Mexico or Illinois or wherever you know they've probably had the same dream as you guys of one day training at Muscle Beach you know why not make it like an event where they can actually come and train with you guys so we're all going to be almost like their tour guides we call it the Team OSG Takeover tickets are still available at oldschoolgym.com <laughs> But basically, they'll come in. We, uh, you know, we're renting out, renting out this rooftop bar that's like famous for its sunsets, and we're gonna do like a kind of like a seminar slash meet and greet thing the night before, where we'll get to you know meet everyone and talk and answer any of their questions about training, and then we'll get up the next day and go to Muscle Beach and kind of make everyone's you know meathead bodybuilder dream come true and train with them and then just hang out on the beach all day and do the Venice thing. So it's gonna be really cool. So what exactly are the dates of it, and kind of what are, what's the itinerary look like once you arrive down? Oh man, let me. I'm gonna have to check my calendar real quick. I can't remember. It's towards the end of the month, like 22nd, maybe. Yeah, 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
And you it's guys a, booked it out over a weekend then? Yeah, so the, the, the official event starts on the 22nd, you know, and that, that's going to be the, uh, you know, the meet and greet, the rooftop, you know, sunset thing. And then, you know, the 23rd is going to be the, the lift at Muscle Beach. Now, most, a lot of the team from our gym and stuff that's going out there, we're going out a little bit early. I think I'm getting out there early Thursday morning. I'm going to link up with Reese, and we're going to do some workouts. And i got a couple other, uh, you know, coaches that I know that are actually coming to the seminar, but they're coming out a day early as well. Um, my guy, uh, Dustin Kemp, who's a pro fighter. Ronnie Hefner is another strength coach who interned with me here at the RTC. He's a strength coach for Muskingum University. So I know those guys are coming out early, so I'm going to take them and go, you know, do some cool stuff. Like we found this, it's like the second steepest hill in the country. We called it, we called it the March of Death. So we're going to go run the March of Death and do some cool workouts like that. And, you know, it's going to be really fun. I remember that. I think I remember the uh, pictures from last year where Reese does like a push-up and pushes himself up on the, on the hill. And you just go straight up to standing and starts running up the hill, but it is steep. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like crazy. really steep. It's really crazy. So when I'm taking, um, I have a friend that's from from back home where me and Dustin are from that just turned forty. So for his fortieth birthday, he's a huge Arnold fan. I'm taking him on the trip too, like as my present. So he don't really travel that much. Blue collar dude, super hardworking guy. So I'm taking him out, and I'm I'm trying to set up right now. Arnold's out of town, but I'm setting up so Dustin. And which I don't even think he knows yet, but Dustin, me, and Todd is his name can go and like go to Arnold's office, and, like hold Conan sword and like see all the <laughs> see all the cool the cool stuff like that. So I'm trying to set that up while we're in town because you can literally walk to Arnold's office from Muscle Beach. It's like two miles away. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it's sick. It's funny that he has the Conan sword in his office. I would totally uh, just, expect it. Just it's makes just in sense. the corner, right? Yeah, just, just like, like no. yeah. <laughs> he has the full length like Predator. Yeah, um, he has a full size Predator, full size um, Terminator of himself. Um, Mr. Freeze, like all these things in his office, that's ultra cool. So, so going back to you know, you, you mentioned that you're taking Todd out with you. You know, you mm-hmm. and Todd grew up together. Yep. He's a huge Arnold fan, and I think that is kind of that is kind of the epitome of one of the great things about our business, about Max Effort, and about old school. Not only you know we're running these things, you know, you and I have been best friends since high school, lifting partners since high school. We get to work together, build this brand together. But now, like, look at the things. This is a, a quote unquote business trip. You're getting to take a lifelong friend out there to kind of like help him fulfill his dream of training at Muscle Beach, and it's a place he never would have went on his own. You know, Uh, it's just one of those. I made him go. Basically, you're basically making him (laughs) making him go get out there and experience the world a little bit. So to get to do these things, I mean, it's oh, we're super blessed, super blessed, and it just shows. You know, if you keep helping people, you get to. I mean, I think the fact that we get to do things on our own term and do the things that we want to do is like I don't know whether we're just lucky or smart or hardworking or what, but. I like it. I think it's like as I get older, creating experiences for other people is more exciting for me than for myself. I've got to do so many great things that I feel so blessed in it. And it is like normal daily stuff for me now to, to some extent. <clears throat> once you work with your idol, like once I worked, actually worked like Arnold, I'd go to his Christmas party at his house. Like we're homies and, and was able to do the business and pretty much live my dreams. Like to me, it's more exciting taking Todd to Muscle Beach than it ever is me going there. You know what I mean? Or it's more exciting taking my parents on vacation or like my wife's birthday um, was this week and I went to Cleveland. Like I, I bought first row's tickets and let her parents sit there. Like to that, that's that's more exciting for me than anything because <clears throat> I already know that this whole world's opened up for me because of what I've been able to accomplish and how I've been able to help people. So it's like now it's really like how can I just get those experiences for others? That That's really what drives me at this point. Yeah, and yeah, I think you hit a point where you're constantly chasing this end grinding. You guys have found a way to switch it and kind of appreciate the ride along the way, which I think For is sure. kind of how you maximize, you know, your entire life and kind of getting caught in the flow. 
Yeah, and I mean, things unfold. We're, I mean, the, the daily grind is still real. It's just a lot more fun than it used to be. Yeah. You know, like when we were, you know, training, you know, 10 to 15 clients a day and then still going and trying to rehab the building that the other gym was going into and, you know, burn the candle at both ends. You know, that was, I'm not saying that we're working any less hard now, but it's way more fun what we do. You know, well, we get a lot more opportunities. 20 years in the game, you just, I mean, you know, a lot of that stuff is just matured now. And it's crazy. Like, you, you work all these years and you do essentially work a little less or it is just more enjoyable while you're doing it. You're still doing the same amount of time, just different. Yeah, we might shoot explain. might shoot content videos at my house yeah. with my kids. You know? You're just making more money because, you know, all the time involved up to that point. So that's why I think a lot of people, whether you're building a physique, whether you're becoming a practitioner of wrestling, whatever it is, it it's it's all time involved. It just takes time. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And I, I need to do a better job of this. I've talked about recently, like through my site or my content is, talk more about the first 10 years not the last 10 years because I've been doing this since you know like 99 and so a lot of people don't know the I built a personal training business for 10 years Corey that I really made good money but not great money for a while you know and that a lot of people only know me as muscle farm and post muscle farm they don't really know a whole bunch except they might see a picture of the first gym or hear the coal mining stories or things like that but you know there was a lot of times I was couldn't barely pay the rent in my personal training studio because I was struggling to get by. So a lot of people don't, you know, know a lot of that stuff. It's not just all, you know, pop and bottle stuff. It's just not how it works. Well, in a way, <laughs> you know, those stories could even be more impactful to a lot of people For because sure. that's the stage where most people, most of our, you know, whether it's the your, your listeners here or whether our, you know, customer base at Max Effort or, you know, our members at the gym, that's probably more the stage of their life in where they're Absolutely. really trying to make something happen, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, I mean, everybody likes to hear the stories of, like, dealing with these big celebrities and stuff, but that's that way you get there is the other way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get better at telling more of those type of stories through my podcast, Business and Biceps, what I do with John Fosco that's done real well, or just any time I'm on stuff like this. I think it's important. Yeah, definitely. We'll have Business Biceps, Max Effort, Old School Gym all linked up in our show notes here, so you guys can go check that out if you, you want to check it out, Conkers. Um, got a couple more questions for you guys here. Sure. Uh, one of the ones that I'm interested in personally is I know that a lot of people our age um, kind of have a hard time finding what they're passionate about. And you guys seem to have always just known. So do you have any advice for people that are out there kind of going, I don't know what I want to do, what I love doing, how can they find that? Well, I mean, going back to what I had said earlier about, you know, you know, trying to lead with value and help people as opposed to chasing money, you know, I spoke to a um, – Spoke to a group, you know, a youth group back home when I was home, maybe like a month or so ago for my, um, for my class reunion or family reunion or something. And I think the advice I gave them, I said, find what you like to do and then figure out a way that you can help people buy whatever it is you like. I said, so I don't care if your, your passion is video games. How could you help people, you know, by being involved with video games somehow? And, you know, I, I said, you know, it might seem like whatever it is that you like to do, you might not be able to especially I think for young people, not be able to think like, well, I could never make a living at that because it doesn't you know, fit inside the box of what I've been taught you know, a successful career is. I said, but someone somewhere right now is making a great living in whatever field it is that you're interested in, and they're doing it by helping people. So if you can, if you can do that, and it, I know it sounds you know, it's easier said than done, but I think if you can start thinking along those lines, it's going to be a good way to follow. I think like um, you know, Dustin and I um, were asked to come and speak at our high school commencement which was 20 years, and that was awesome. And one of the things I said in that speech was, like, I just knew 
that I only like to lift weights. <laughs> I mean, I really, you know, I just, academic stuff was really not my jam. Um, all I could think about was writing workouts. I literally had no clue how I was gonna actually make money at it. But I just knew that inside, it was such a burning desire that I had to give it a shot. Then when I understood that personal training existed, because 20 years ago, it sounds crazy, but like in our area, it didn't exist. Yeah, where we grew up, there was no personal trainers. No, there is now, but there, there was, and, and I don't know how well they do in that, in, that, in that area, but like it did not exist at all. So like I had to move to Columbus to even hear about the business, right? So it's like- There I was think, no internet back then. Think yeah, about that yeah, conference. Yeah, that's the other thing is a lot of people don't realize like I couldn't just like look up a trainer online or learn from bodybuilding.com. It's a whole different animal, right? So I think that once I found just in theory an idea how I could say, okay, let me give this a shot. This is at least in the area of things I want to do. I just left no stone unturned. And then, you know, over time it's morphed into something completely different. But I just knew that was, I would just be getting up every day, no matter what job I would have had. And I would have just hated myself if I didn't give it a shot. I would have rather went and went broke and tried my best to say like, yeah, I rolled the dice a few times, I gave it a shot, and you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work here and support my family, but I had a, regret's probably one of the, the things I you know, don't wanna go to my grave with, and, and I think that you gotta push hard, and I feel like I gotta give it everything in that area, and so I, I said on stage that day, like, I don't care, like Dustin said, if you're a basket weaver, and you wanna be the best basket weaver, find the best one regionally, find the best one nationally, find the best one internationally, and I always tell people like, you know, when I'm in my, I live in Granville, so when I'm in my little like, like parties in town and I'm dieting for something or I have, I have a show tomorrow, so it's like I'm, I've been super strict the last month or so and it's like, people are like, why, why are you still doing things like this? Why, why, you know, you obviously have been successful. I'm like, I'm not just trying to be good here. Like I wanna be known in the industry, in my, in my demo, like, I'm just not trying to be good for Ohio or for this town or for like, like I want motherfuckers to know me all over the world. And so like that discipline takes a whole nother level. And, and I honestly learned that from being around guys like Arnold and Tiger because they're truly like greatness. Now they have some faults too. There's no doubt. Most people that are really great at something, you know, have their issues, but in, the, in what they do and Arnold does multiple things really well, business and acting and, and all these things, but it's like, they expect so much out of themselves that that's the biggest thing I grab from them that they in their in their day-to-day operation is such at a high level with no ceiling it's I mean it's mind-blowing and so you come away from being around figures like that and you think this is what I need a percentage of that of what I expect out of myself and so when I finally like matched up a little bit of success in the industry knowing I could make money. The first person somebody gave me 20 bucks to personal train them, I knew I was home free. <laughs> I was like, now it's just a numbers game. I need 25 people to give me this three days a week and it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Really? So it's like, I think that once I understood my passion could equal with what Dustin said, actually helping people because that did build their confidence and help them feel better at home in front of their husband. And I was mostly working with women at first. And then I matched it up with this limitless ceiling potential I mean it it, it became it, it I was able to live out pretty much every one of my dreams and so I think that's the thing but if I would have just said you know what I'm making a thousand bucks a week in this coal mine um, I can buy the truck that I want I can buy probably a nicer house than my I lived in 
I could have easily just said, I'm good. But I would have got up every day and been like, why you didn't I give that that weight? You would have resented, yeah, you would have resented yourself for the rest of your life. Just don't do that. You know what I mean? I'd rather would have went and came up here in the gym, not work, and fail, and have to go home after that than me just never try it. And I honestly think people just never try it because they're scared. You can't be fucking scared. I mean, that's it. Yeah, and that, I mean, that resonates a lot, at least for me. I don't know about for Mike, but just being surrounded by you guys or Kyle Snyder or Logan or oh, all, the, all the great athletes that we have here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they live their life to another level. So whether it's they're doing it in athletics and now we're trying to do it in business, you know, it just it takes you and shows you what greatness in life really is like and yeah. then makes you want to go for the same thing. It also kind of, by contrast, shows you what it means to be mediocre. You know, I, I tell people, you know, like my high school athletes or something, I say, okay, well, if you think that the effort or the dedication that you're putting in right now is sufficient, like for what your goals are, then you, you know, you have blinders on because I'm around truly great athletes, world champions, Olympic champions. And I see, you know, the way that type of standard they hold themselves to, you know, it's a, it's a type of thing that I try to hold myself into, you know, with business and training and my ethics with dealing with people and the same thing that Corey talked about. So I think that most people have a skewed idea of what it takes to be even good at something, let alone great. You know, and I think, you know, when you're around greatness, like Corey said, he really learned a lot from being around Arnold and Tiger, you know, and kind of I get the same feeling from being around, you know, Coach Ryan and Logan and uh, Kyle and all these guys that really achieve things at such a high level. And I think, you know, what most people are doing is not cutting it. And even on a day-to-day basis, I'm struggling to try to make sure I can hold myself to my own standards. guy like Kyle, unbelievable. Like, I tweeted yesterday about how, like, such a huge inspiration, like, he shows up every time when he's has to. He's humble as all get out. He's literally one of the best that's ever walked at 22 years old. I'm not even a wrestling guy, like, but I get it, right, from being around D and in this place in general. It's like, it's unbelievable and so cool. And I I was texting back and forth with him and I was like, just stay hungry, big bro, because you're just killing everything. He's like, I'm just as hungry as I've ever been. Like, it ain't enough for him. He wants to fucking dominate. And that's (laughs) what I love. And he is. Yeah. But he's backed it up with all the work ethic, and that's that's the key. So, yeah, what, what yeah, an amazing guy. That's right, and I think that's what you just said is the key there. His work ethic is just so incredible. If you come in and you watch Kyle Snyder just doing, um, like, shadow drills. Yeah. Like, he does that harder than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Everything's 100%. And it's like, right? it's yeah. like the most unbelievable thing. Like, I'm like, I'd be tired in, like, 30 seconds. He's out there doing... Three, five, ten At, minutes of shadow drills. It's just full pace. Every time he does an airdyne sprint, I'm afraid he's going to break the bike. Like, he looks like he's <laughs> literally trying to rip the handles off. Now, I when I do a sprint on the bike, I try to give 100%, but it, it sometimes fatigue it becomes a factor, and you really can't give 100% all the time. He's someone that truly, when you watch him, I think, it doesn't matter how tired he is, he tries to rip the handles off the bike. There was a picture of him, I don't know if you guys saw this, from the Olympic Training Center a while back, but it was in between aerodyne sprints. He was getting a drink from the water fountain, but they pulled a chair up for him. So he's sitting at the water fountain, sitting at, you know, it, sitting in a chair while he's drinking water because he literally couldn't even stand up during his break. You know, think about what it takes. I mean, you guys know as an athlete what it takes to actually put yourself in a place like that. So I think for me, that picture kind of summed up him you know, 100%, just the way he lives his life. The fact that he would put himself in such an uncomfortable place that during his break he can't even stand up. You know, it's not just throwing yourself on the floor and acting like you're tired just for show. It's literally, they put a chair there for him to sit down while he got his drink. 
I think so. it's a great takeaway is that however hard you're working, it probably takes even more than you can conceptualize. I mean, and if, and if it hasn't happened yet, it's because you got to put in more time, more work, more vision, more something until it, you know, you're pushing that rock up that hill all by yourself, it feels like, for a really long time. And then once you get it over the top, it'll roll, but you got to keep the momentum. Because momentum is like one of the hardest things to create and the easiest things to lose. And I can tell, like, well, that was a fire quote right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. And over time, it's like I've felt business or, or training or whatever it is, you lose momentum. It makes it's the I get the most nervous when I feel stuck because then I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something that's unique, different, push the envelope. Do I gotta get up earlier? Do I gotta read more? Do I, like, I'm constantly evaluating myself to try to make sure momentum stays because momentum is the key, no matter what you are building, what you are doing. And so that's like one thing I pay a lot of attention to. So if I see numbers going the wrong direction, I'm like constantly evaluating what's going on, uh, checks and balances. So it's important. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that work hard in life, but I don't think that, you know, it's the mindset that Kyle brings to it too. You know, it's not just, it's the passion, but the fact that one of his things is, for example, is like protect nothing. Like he's not scared to lose it all. And And when you're not scared to go out there and put it on the line and just focus on what you care about and what you're passionate about, which is just competing to his potential that he knows how good he is, you achieve, you know, so much more, I think. And you reach you reach new levels and you can work to new levels that you never thought were possible before. He said something on my podcast um, about being stingy for every point. Like, I don't want anybody to get a point on me. And uh, we took it as a business thing because it can be like, hey, you're doing a deal with some guy and they want seven points and you want them to have six. Like, he just doesn't give nothing up. I mean, that's what he said. Be stingy with everything. And, I, and me and John, uh, who runs a pub, we're like, ooh, like that. I mean, it's just the way life is. Because everybody's mm-hmm. going to try to get something from you. You know, that's the thing. It's like, especially when you're at his level. I mean, if he just keeps that, that's what I'm saying. He'll be, whatever this guy does, he's going to be awesome at it. I mean, it's just, it, it's fun to be around. I think, you know, Dustin's around him way more than I am. Just the little bit, like, you feel like a little bit in the know about it. It, it feels amazing. Definitely. So kind of our last question, closing question. I think you guys might have heard it before, but it focuses on our mantra, live uncomfortably. And I think it's come across in the interview, but I'm going to ask anyways, what do you think of when you hear the phrase live uncomfortably and what's it mean with respect to your lives? Well, I think from a, from a, whether we're talking from a work standpoint or a, you know, work ethic when it comes to exercise, which, you know, is our thing, obviously, um, that is where growth occurs. You know, when you can put yourself in an uncomfortable position and fight through it, fight through the adversity, that's where the personal growth and also, you know, from an exercise standpoint, you know, that you build your aerobic base and you, you gain muscle and gain strength or whatever. But on kind of a bigger level, you know, you, you grow as a person by overcoming adversity. You know, almost everyone that's, that I've met that is super successful, they've had to overcome some difficult position or situation in life. So if you can even put yourself in these uncomfortable situations daily, whether it's on the airdyne or whether it's in the boardroom, the process of working through that, working through your own fears and insecurities and kind of conquering your demons, that's gonna, it just helps you grow so much as a person and you gain confidence. And now those things that make you uncomfortable, the next time you're not going to feel that same discomfort and you can kind of move on to bigger and better things. I think um, as much as like <clears throat> success that I like to think that I've had at this point, I think it's a lot of it is based on that I – get up uncomfortable every day. No one likes to get up at 3 in the morning. That's just been what's worked for me because my 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. is so freaking, like, dialed in. I I just feel like I'm ahead of the entire world. 
and I just feel like it's going to be so hard for motherfuckers to catch me because they, they got to put in some real work and they got to be efficient. I mean, for example, my alarm goes off every day. I'm not mad about it, but it's still hard to get up because I'm tired because I'm not going to bed. I'm a dad of three, you know, I'm not going to bed till 1030 because my kids are up and whatever. And it's like, so I think getting up, battling, being uncomfortable at the gate, I think going right to the gym to be uncomfortable and competition. And I lift mostly like a power lifter. So lifting heavy, you know, always battling through injuries here and there. And it's like one of those things or being uncomfortable from the diet standpoint, hold myself to a discipline when I'm competing or going shoots. I think that my first like two to three hours of the day are uncomfortable every day in some manner. I love it, but it is, it is unnormal, uncomfortable. And I think that that starts me off, but the focus that I even have in the first 30 minutes, like the other day I did five pieces of content before I even walked in the gym. It was at 4am at 4am. So I stayed in the car for an extra 10 minutes as I walk 20 guys walking into the gym because I was, I was moving. It's like, cause I dictate most of my articles cause <laughs> Dustin can attest to this. The way that I write <laughs> and the way that I talk is completely different. Like the grammar if, stuff. If, you, if you ever read an email from Corey G, you can hear his voice perfectly cause it sounds exactly how he talks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, I, I have, mean, I have two different voices. I have my writing voice and then my, my talking voice, which is probably closer to Ebonics, but I have one, I have one voice. So one I voice. need a little help with that stuff. <laughs> and so, but that's, but that's also like a weakness of mine that I knew I always need help with. So it's not a big deal. That's why my wife has her master's degree and I always be like, you know, you have a master's degree, but I wrote a book that probably 10,000 people read. You know what I mean? And it still sounds like me. It just needs some grammar help here and there. But anyway, so I dictated five articles. I'd already, you know, went and found the pictures for every one of them articles just on the way to the gym, basically, you know, because uh, I can just dictate and drive and then find the article, the pictures when I, when I get in there. So it's like, and then on the way home, um, you know, checking in with customer service, which is my mom for my website on thousands of members, checking in with dust, whether it's max effort related, old school related. And then, you know, by eight o'clock, I'm having my conference call for max effort. All that most people are just like maybe on their way to work or just getting their breakfast. Yeah. Usually like it might be five thirty or six in the morning when I'm on my way down here to train the team at Steelwood. And that's like when me and Corey kind of have our unofficial like business meeting for the day, you know, he might be leaving the gym, just finished up his workout. I'm on my way down here and yeah. we'll touch base for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes and go over a lot of stuff. So, so I think being uncomfortable daily, um, no matter what. And I, I love the questions when like, you know, acquaintances will be like, why are you still diet? Like they're drinking and I'm, I'm diet. Like, I don't know. I don't get it, dude. You're almost 40. You've made plenty of money. I'm like, it's just the only thing I know. And this is what I love to do. And I still feel like I have 10 more years of competing and doing things. That's like, I just expect out of myself. And I think that's what's kept me in the now. Like, the reason why I'm still relevant is because of these things I do on a daily basis, I think. So you got to stay uncomfortable. If not, then you're just you're just going the wrong direction. Yeah, I think it's a great place to wrap up, guys. I really enjoyed this episode, and uh, thanks for joining us again. Sure. Yep. And that we really appreciate it. Conquerors, that's uh, Corey Gregory and Dustin Myers of Old School Gym and Max Effort Muscle. Check out their websites linked in the show notes, and also check out Corey's podcast, Business and Biceps. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode, and we will talk to you next week. If you guys enjoyed that episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And go ahead and click that subscribe button. It'll make sure you never miss another episode of Conquering Columbus. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to say thanks to all of our incredible sponsors one more time. And that starts with our friends over at AWH. For those of you who haven't heard of AWH, 
They are a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm. And with over 22 years of experience, AWH collaborates with a variety of clients to drive desired business outcomes through great digital products. To find out more, check out awh.net and let them know Conquering Columbus sent you. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. For more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them is a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.